We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is draft season for everybody. It's Everyone is like in their drafts right now or they have drafts coming up and Mark Stopa, you and I participated in a NFFC draft last night where, you know, good competition all around, single quarterback league, more of the traditional format. It had a high upside prize, so people, you know, like a, a, a like an overall prize of $250,000, so there are some differences. But the purpose of this stream today is we're going to review that draft board, but I really want to help people and, and show them that there are mistakes that people make in drafts not like picking the wrong players we really don't know if Damian Pierce is going to be a top five running back or if he's a value or but it's more of like these structural things that even experienced drafters make um it's not the purpose and we will review some of the teams just like hey this guy did well this guy didn't do well but it's it's more about like helping people at the end so they don't fall into these common mistakes and I think that that's a, a valuable service for people um Starting right off the bat, though, just as a general piece of advice before we get into the draft board. And by the way, folks, if you want, if you go into the video description, there's a link for the draft board. As we're talking about it, we'll have it on screen. But if you're listening on the uh, on the audio or on the video, you can click on that and just follow along as we're talking about the picks. So Mark Stopa, single quarterback leagues. um, What's the general philosophy for you in a redraft format in 2023? For, for a big tournament like this? Just a, or an enclosed one. You can kind of take that any way you want to go. Okay. I, I'd say since we were playing a big tournament and, you know, you asked us all at the beginning, what would you do with your 250000 That That was the goal. That was kind of my mindset. So I'm viewing, I'm, I'm looking for upside. I'm constantly thinking about what can go right. And I'm trying to build the ideal team for that what can go right that that involves some stacking stacking with your quarterback it can it it can it's making sure that you have the right structure it's being on top of all the news not making any any mistakes with timing out or your cues you know you you, you're not making mistakes on reaching for people you don't need to so we can go through a bunch of that yeah, you uh, you identified a couple of the mistakes that I already made there just by, you know, I, I don't think reaching is bad. Um, 
especially when you're picking on the ends, you were in the four spots, so that's closer to the middle than the end. I always tell people that a piece of advice I found is that if a player is not, and this is, you know, fantasy 101, if a player's not coming back to you and you want that player, you have a feeling on that player or, or a strong take on them, it's okay to reach around, right? Like, you're not going to take um, Rashad White in round three. There's no reason to. But if you're, you know, I was sitting in a spot where I was in pick 11 and, you know, there was like Justin Fields was sitting there and I wanted a, an elite quarterback and, and it's the beginning of the fifth round. I know that Fields is not coming back to me. So, I mean, that's kind of in ADP, but you want to take the players that um, when you have no shot at and that you're not in, you have them at a different tier, that's okay to reach in that case. Yeah, I, I, I'd argue that's not even a reach. You know, if they're not coming back to you, then that's your last chance to get them. It's not a reach. I, I'm talking about like there were there were a couple of, of players yeah. who I'm going to put the board up. I'm going to put the board up. There we go. There were this... a few players who definitely would have made it back to that person on their next pick. And and that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. All right. So can you I mean, just specifically because we're talking about this, like which player you thought was uh, was a reach in this specific draft. And then we'll, we'll talk about that as a bigger concept that drafters do as mistakes. I thought Jerry Judy at 6.3 was definitely a reach. All right. So I want to pause you there for one second, right? Because I just want everyone that, I mean, most people are up to speed on the news, but Jerry Judy had been going in round three in the NFFC got hurt yesterday. Right. So there's a lot of skepticism. I agree with you here, but the one defense on Jerry Judy is that his ADP hasn't been set yet. Nobody really knows where he's going to fall in. But go ahead. So why do you think Judy's a mistake when you're, quote, getting a three-round discount on the first draft after his injury? Well, a few reasons. One, I took Dotson with the very next pick, and I was absolutely thrilled to be able to do so. Uh, You're going to have injuries hit your team naturally. So why do you want to start out with an injured player from the very outset? To me, that's the last thing that you want to do, because then that's when you really get into trouble. And Judy, you know, he's certainly going to miss the first few weeks. It, it seems like this is good. It could be more than that. He's probably going to be out long enough that he'll need a prove it week where you don't even feel comfortable starting him his first week back. It, it's the sort of injury that could recur. You know, I think he went at least at least two rounds too early. Okay, so that was really my next question is if you're if, if you're drafting in the end of August here in Labor Day, where's the right spot for Jerry Judy? And when you get into more of like the rookies or the wide receiver twos on their own team, like the Zay Flower, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, who has a lot of question marks, you're saying that's a little bit more uh, in line with the Judy risk. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair or even further. Like I look in round nine, Tyler Boyd. I'm okay with with Judy over Boyd. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I'm still taking flowers over Judy. You you just injuries are gonna hit you. And I'm saying this with passion because I've learned it the hard way. When you start out with injured injured players and you have injury optis, optimism about that player, what undoubtedly happens is other players who are currently healthy wind up hurt and then your team just becomes a disaster and your season gets lost. Yeah, and Billy Wazowski who took him in the third round in his defense who by the way he's one of the best drafters out there I I love always seeing uh, Bill out there but he had three receivers in this so again it could be team context you know it's uh, he had three receivers that he likes uh, in round one two and three with Tyreek Devontae Smith and Keenan Allen took a QB and an anchor running back so he was probably thinking in round uh, six hey, I don't really even need to start Judy right now because of my structure. And if, uh, if if all goes well, like you just said, draft like you're right, 
then Judy, you know, it, by, was definitely tagged as one of the breakouts. But I also think, you know me, I fall on the side of your argument where I wasn't taking – my philosophy was I wasn't taking Judy no matter what. Like, I don't want to start with injured players. I am on the on the side of, like, I don't have one share of Brees Hall. There's no, To me, I don't care if it goes right because it's not going to be that right. So let's get into the Brees Hall um, argument. He went in round three of our draft here. Um, specifically pick, let's see, the it's like the seventh or eighth pick of the third round. That is early for even like his new ADP. Um, Staley, who had a great draft, has the, in Team 5, as you can see on our board, if you're following along on the audio, just click on that link, uh, starts with Kelsey and Mahomes, and then takes Brees Hall uh, over Joe Mixon, over um, Jameer Gibbs, over Najee Harris. Do you think that that's a mistake for for people getting into their draft right now? Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned Hall because you and I did not talk about this or prepare this issue before the show. And Hall was the other example that I was going to give here of a reach because I I think it's close to 100 percent that Hall would have been available for Staley at 4.5. Hall's been routinely going late four, even early five in these types of formats. So that that to me was a pretty bad reach at at 3.8. And and an example, unlike the one you were giving before of how you're on an end and somebody wasn't going to make it back to you, Hall would have made it back to team five in the fourth round. So that was a mistake going to pulling the trigger in the third. And anybody who's listening to this uh, live stream and we call you out specifically, it's not to dump on you because, as you'll see, Mark Stopa and I are going to identify plenty of mistakes that we've made over the years and in this draft. It's just really to help other people. So if you do get upset that we're calling your team out, um, you know, blame it on Mark Stopa because, uh, you know, he, he, him and I, we like to be negative on people. We like to dump on people. So that's just what's going to happen. Hey, Stopa, before we go on, I just want to remind everyone that the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you. We have three awesome sponsors today, and we'll talk about them a little later. Rival Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Sports Knockout, which combines like uh, Survivor and Fantasy. It's almost like a guillotine league type of thing, but not that. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And the other one is Fantrax, and I am on a league right now on Fantrax, and it is they have improved the app and the experience. I, I was a sleeper-only guy. I'm telling you, I'm going to be starting to move some of my leagues over to Fantrax, and we'll talk about them. So thank you for your support, those three. Um, hey, oh, there we go. Look, we got my man Scott Gilden up on the screen there saying hello. Scott, you got to get in some, uh, some fantasy leagues with us this year. Um, all right, we're talking about draft mistakes. Stopa, not specific to this draft. But what do you think is a common mistake that even experienced drafters are prone to make and we want to caution people about as they get in and start drafting their leagues this year? Um, I I think common mistakes in a format like this are having the wrong structure. Uh, And by that, I mean, you know, they're not taking the right balance of receivers, running backs, quarterback, tight end. Um, that there's a clear, you know, it's not, it's, there's not an exact script, but there's clear right and wrong ways to do it. And we can go through some examples here. Well, and let's go through it. These things. Let's go through it. Like what is the, and again, everything's going to depend on maybe where you're drafting, but in a single quarterback league where you start three receivers and a flex, two running backs, kicker, defense, tight end, what is the general philosophy? And obviously Stopa and I realize that you have to be flexible. And when value falls, you have to pivot when players fall. So, but 
what is the for any because this is the format of even a lot of home leagues maybe they play one less receiver but for three receivers and a flex full ppr what is the quote right structure well i'd say that the best way to answer what the right structure is is to point out examples of what the wrong structure is and again not picking on anybody here this is to try to you know help everyone but that's for what example, this is if you look at team eight okay to me there are some glaring examples here of okay. where this team is dead on arrival in terms of a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize all right and team eight um if you let me just for those just listening, and you can see right up on the screen here if you're watching, teammate uh, took Bijan Robinson with the first pick, comes back in round two with Nick Chubb, who I think we all agree is a is a good value there. But Stope is going to talk about structurally. Reaches around um, on. I always think it's funny when I say reach around. It sounds like reach around. You know, you're supposed to. Okay, all right, no reaction from the crowd there. Um, <laughs> there we go. Hey, thanks, thanks, Stope. You're you're, you're real good. You're a real good podcast partner, you know? Hey, uh, so so uh, DJ Moore in round three. And by the way, for those viewing the draft board, this is third round reversal. So DJ Moore didn't go at the end of round three. He went at like the fifth pick of round three. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think that's a great value in round four. Oh my God, I've, I've been taking him in the end of round two. Comes back again now. And I think this is where Stope is going to point out some of the errors. Takes Ken Walker in round five. His uh, a fourth running back in Alexander Madison in round six, and then hits the uh, hits the the wide receivers with Michael Pittman, Quinton Johnson, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Jonathan Mingo, Jamison Williams, Rishi Rice, and so on. So, let, just to review, four running backs in the first six picks. Why is that a problem in this format? Well, you can only start three. You start two running backs. Even if you put a third one into the flex, you can only start three. Okay, and you have to start three receivers every week, and, and and he only has one receiver out of his first six picks, and and you know I think Andrews at, at where he took him in the fourth round that's fine. That's not about it's it, that's a good value, but it's not about value. It's about the structure of where he's taking each positional player. I don't. I just think you can't start out for, with four running backs in your first six picks in this format because it leaves you too thin at other positions. And, and I do think that teammate is too thin at receiver um, with more Michael Pittman and Johnston are okay. But then where it really gets even more thin is you look, he actually took a kicker in round 13 before he took his first quarterback, which was Jordan Love in round 16. Now, I, I do. I I personally believe in elite quarterbacks because in today's NFL, the elite quarterbacks can score so many points, especially those who run. It's just such a big advantage. But even if you're going to be someone who waits on a quarterback, there's two things that I think that he did wrong here. The first is if you're going to wait, I think you need to do it more like Team Six did with Dalton Del Don getting Anthony Richardson in round 10, who ha at least has some upside given his legs, and then immediately back that up with Tua in round 11. Whereas team eight waited to get Jordan Love until round 16. I don't know that there's enough upside there, but let's say, you know what, Stofa, you're wrong. You're crazy. Love has looked great this preseason. He could explode with all the weapons around him. The other problem that teammate has is that he didn't pair Love with any of the other Packers weapons. So let's say hypothetically that Love were to have a great season that results in a $250,000 win. The only way he gets there is if one of those other Packers weapons is helping to get him there. And there are going to be lots of other teams that have Love paired with one of those guys, but this teammate doesn't.
Right. And so that's a pretty bad mistake in my view to wait so long on on. So he's thin at receiver because he went so running back heavy early. He waited so long in order to get a quarterback. Didn't pair him with someone from the guy's own team, and then and then only took Carr after that and didn't get a third quarterback either, which I would have done to give myself more chances. So that to me is a great example of a struck of some of those individual players are fine. Robinson's fine, Chubb is fine, Andrews was a good value. I like Water and Matt Walker and Madison. I draft a lot of them, but the structure of that team is just dead on arrival in terms of winning two hundred and fifty grand. So there you go. So it's. That I think that's a well thought out argument, meaning that it's not just players; it's how they all fit together to maximize that upside. And I, and the thing that stuck out to me the most, what you just said there, was if you're, it's okay to wait on quarterback. If because I like Jordan Love a lot too. I I think that he's going to be one of the quarterback answers this year for teams that waited. Um, but you're not going to get the full windfall of it without Romeo like. Get Romeo Dobbs, right? At least attaching to him. Or Luke Musgrave, if you think he's going to be, you know, have a Pat Fryermuth style of uh, rookie season. So uh, I like that a lot. Now, you, you mentioned uh, Dalton's team, and we're going to try to hit on all these teams. Uh, Dalton uh, was team six. He really, uh, it, it seemed like he got every player around after you're supposed to get them. It was just like value, value, value. And specifically, he starts with Cup at pick six. Um Jalen Waddle in round two. I almost thought about Waddle, but I, I just been on this Alave kick lately, and we'll go into that later. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he takes. I was deciding between Taylor and Jacobs. I decided for Jacobs, and just curious, one word answer: Jacobs or Taylor? Who you taking, Sopa? Taylor. Okay. Um, he gets Jameer Gibbs in round the middle of round four. Now, the curious part of that was that my man Nikki Simone, who took in who's team two, passes on Gibbs for Javante Williams. Now, I, this is not an anti Javante Williams, uh, but I'm taking Jameer Gibbs over Javante. Don't you agree with that? I completely agree. And the other problem with taking Javante that early is that there have been lots of these leagues that have drafted already where owners got Javante Williams in the seventh, eighth, ninth right. round. And so how are you going to win $250,000 taking him in the fourth round when you're competing against other teams who got him that late? So that, that team, too, is behind the eight ball for that, for that reason. Right. I mean, he does get Damian Pierce at the end of round five, which, by the way, I've rethought my Damian Pierce uh, stance. I, I think that he belongs in the tier right after Jacobs and Taylor, like obviously ahead of Brees Hall. I'm, I'm pushing him way up. You don't have to take him there. So he does make up a little ground there. James Cook, everyone likes James Cook now in round six. Uh, takes Deshaun Watson. Oh, sorry. We were talking about this is now we're talking about team two, but I'll, I'll flip it back over to Dalton's team because this, again, was when, when the windfall starts happening. It's just it's unbelievable. So we talked about Cup and Waddle takes uh, Jonathan Taylor and Jameer Gibbs. Deontay Johnson um, gets him in round five. Now, I love Deontay Johnson mostly because the huge targets, uh, sh- uh, sorry, the hu- yeah, the huge targets last year, about 143. The zero touchdowns has been well documented. His career averages, Deontay Johnson, is usually around seven touchdowns. And, you know, even if he positively regresses, I hate saying that, to five touchdowns, that makes him like, around wide receiver 15 to 17. And if you're getting him in the wide receiver 25-ish range, I mean, that's profit. 
And I'm just curious to you because a lot of fantasy drafters are going to have this this decision, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, just for fantasy football and projectable starts and stuff like that. Who who do you prefer of the Pittsburgh uh, wide receivers? You know, I, I would lean Pickens. I mm-hmm. think he has more upside. Uh, I think it's close. But, um, you know, I like being in on the Steelers offense. They got a bunch of young guys, young skill players, and that there's some upside there. They certainly look good this preseason. So, yeah, let's uh, let's go. All right. Um, you meant, So, yeah, no, Dalton, D, uh, Dalton's team overall, uh, I, I love it. You talked about the Anthony Richardson thing. I uh, Anthony Richardson... I think the right strategy with him, and this is a mistake, another mistake that drafters make, is they'll they'll take Anthony Richardson and then not back him up with a safe option. Now, in Dalton's case, he gets Tua, who I think everyone would agree that had Tua not doesn't have this one hit away and then he's going to be retired narrative attached to him, which, by the way, might be true, that he would be up about another three, four spots in the rankings just because of the weapons and the team context. So... If you're going to draft Anthony Richardson, Tua seems like the perfect stabilizing quarterback, which you already hit on. Especially since he already has Waddle. For, for, for those listeners who don't know, Dalton Del Don is a longtime writer for Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I, I've been fortunate to play leagues with him for 20 plus years. Really great, great guy. Look at that format. Look at that setup. If you're going to wait on QB and not take an elite QB, that type of structure is the way to do it. He has... Uh, uh, Really good wide receivers, really good backs, a, a really good tight end, waits on quarterback, but takes gets an upside guy and then gets a solid starter in case the upside guy doesn't pan out and then is filling out some upside depth option, options after that. that. That's a good setup. And you mentioned that he got a lot of guys who fell. That's easier to do when you're drafting in the middle sometimes rather than at the end. So keep that in mind when you're choosing where, where you where you might want to pick in a draft. Yeah, we're, I want you to explain that thought, but first, Stopa, I just want to talk about Fantrax. Again, I, I, have, uh, I have told you that Fantrax has redone their app. They've redone their draft room. Uh, they're one of the best plays to play fantasy football for your home league this year. Uh, Fantrax is excited to announce a Fantrax game day experience too, Stopa. Fantrax is going to send one lucky fantasy football league to a regular season game of their choice, along with six thousand dollars towards travel and accommodations all you have to do to enter mark is create a league or join a league on fan tracks the more leagues you join the more chances you have to win there's a reason why players who try fan tracks make it a permanent home for all their leagues go to fantrax.com slash rotowire r-o-t-o-w-i-r-e and sign up today all right, we were talking about big mistakes that people make in the uh, in, in the NFFC and in your home leagues, and we're going to try to help you. So anyone's team who we're talking about today, we're going to, trust me, we're going to dump on my team a lot in a few minutes. This is not a personal attack, even though it feels personal. It is just to help other people out, and that's what we're trying to do here today. And by the way, it is draft season, so if you do need um, want to take a look at Rotowire's draft kit, we're giving it away right now for free for two days. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try forward slash pod, either one. And you can uh, check out our draft kit for two days, paywall unlocks. Mark Sobel, let's talk about your team. All right, you were picked in the fourth slot. Um, three receivers go off the board, one, two, three in this draft. Uh, the, the big two with Jefferson Chase. And I know you were thinking um, that you had a 50% chance at Tyreek Hill. I'm assuming you would have taken him if he fell. McCaffrey, this is not normally how you start a draft. You like an elite wide receiver. So why McCaffrey over, say, the next two receivers, who I'm assuming on your board would be Cup and Diggs in some form? 
Yeah, I, I, I would have taken Hill if he was available because the Dolphins have just such a narrow passing tree and he's just so explosive, obvious potential to be the overall wide receiver one. Uh, I, I, once he got taken, I struggled between McCaffrey and Cup. Uh, uh, I, I lean towards McCaffrey. I think that's a close call simply because the Rams have the potential to implode as a team. And that could drag Cup down, especially if you're emphasizing the latter weeks where the big prize money is won. You know, if the Rams are five and nine or four and ten in the end of the year, are are, are they going to be resting him or going all out? So, so that leaned me towards McCaffrey, and my hope was that I could get the overall RB one and the overall QB one with my top two picks. Right. So, but why not Diggs there? And uh, well, I guess you didn't know you were going to get Josh Allen, but knowing what you know now, would you have um, opted for that pair? Or are you happy to start with an anchor running back? I mean, I'm happy to start with the anchor back. There's a lot of receivers who I like later. I think Diggs at 1.4 is a little thin. I like the I like Jefferson, Chase, Hill, and Cup as the top four receivers because I think any of them have a reasonable chance to be the overall wide receiver one. I think Diggs is just a small notch down from down from that. All right. So in the third round, uh, which is third round reversal, you take Debo Samuel, come back in the fourth round with Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, Jahan Dotson. So this is an interesting group of receivers, these four. Debo has been a polarizing player for a lot of fantasy drafters. Some believe that he's the most, you know, he's like the easiest fade in that round. And there's other sharp players, again, like yourself, who think that Debo is the last of a strong tier. Obviously, you or someone who believes that. Why is Debo Samuel with all those passing weapons? And by the way, you also have McCaffrey. Any fears about pairing a wide receiver with the running back? I, a, a little bit. I mean, it, it, it could limit m- the, my upside just a little because if McCaffrey has his, you know, top 5% uh, outcome season and Debo does, it's hard for them to both do it at the same time. But I, I just thought that, that Debo, I definitely thought there was a big drop-off in tier because for me in this format, if you're trying to win a quarter million, it's about what can go right, not what can go wrong. Anybody who makes an anti-Debo argument is going to be talking about what could go wrong, oh, he could get hurt, or, or he's inconsistent, or things like that. But look at his stats from two years ago. If anybody after outside of the first round is going to be a top five receiver, it's going to be Debo. He did it two years ago. He has the upside to do it again. All right. And by the way, put in the draft, if you're in the chat right now, let us know which team you think, take a look at the board, had the strongest draft and which team you think made mistakes. And also let us know what you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen in drafts, not just like player picks, but structural strategy, all that, you know, maybe taking a quarterback too early. So let us know uh, as we're talking through this. All right. Christian Watson, you took him in the fourth pick of round four. Now, you know how strongly I feel about Christian Watson. I believe that he belongs in the same conversation as Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I know you don't think that. You're happy to take him in round four. But I was um, I, I was thinking about him at where, I, uh, where Josh Jacobs. So I was thinking, I knew he wasn't coming back to me there. So do I want to reach on him? And this is perfect with our discussion earlier way ahead of ADP, and take him there. Ultimately, I decided on Jacobs because, again, if Jacobs hits, you're talking, he was a top three running back last year. So that's still in play. 
Um, so I love the Christian Watson pick. I had someone ask me yesterday, someone who's not uh, as involved in day-to-day fantasy football, but it's a really sharp, just fantasy player. They said, why are you so bullish on Christian Watson? Do you think he's that much more significantly set up for fantasy success than Romeo Dobbs, who goes, you know, five, six, seven, eight rounds later? I'd say yes. The uh, I think it's a good question. they're, they're at way. an eight. It's a good question. Yeah, it's very fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're at an age where draft capital matters. And, and I think that Watson has the athleticism and upside to justify this type of draft spot or even better. Uh, I think he has the upside to be a round three type of value, whereas I don't I don't think Dobbs has that right. type of upside. So, and I love how the Packers have looked in the preseason as well. All their young young weapons on offense look great. And this is why the you know I made a strong case for Christian Watson. I know you know there's a, some people that he's a polar he's one of the polarizing players this year. I, I did not think he was going to be when we first started doing our fantasy like you know predictions and, and research. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk pick, but he already broke out. It's not like you have to project it. Like from week 10 on Mark Stopo, Christian Watson was a full-time starter. That's two months of sample, small sample size, but football is a small sample size, right? He was the wide receiver nine in PPR leagues. And that's not even like his strongest format he had. Uh, and then in the one game sample with Jordan love, which, you know, people say, you know, one of the pushbacks, and it's a good pushback is he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers this year, is that he had four catches for 110 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles, who are a good defense. So, again, it's one, I know it's a small sample, but at least we saw it. We don't have to project it. So, yeah, I was going to take, um, I probably, I'm happy that I took Jacobs. Uh, it would have been very long shot for Christian Watson to come back to me in, in the fourth round. But in your home league, if you're watching this and you're doing like a standalone league, Christian Watson will make it to the fourth, fifth round. I mean, that's just going to happen unless you're in a league with Packers fans and maybe not. So, um, all right. Tyler Lockett in round five, uh, looking like a stronger pick now that JSN is out. Uh, and we don't know the exact status of him. Slow start for a rookie. You take Dotson, DeAndre Swift in round seven, Zay Flowers in round eight. Zay is a bit all positive buzz there. Uh, you, you come back in with three running backs in round nine, 10, and 11, uh, specifically Rashad Penny, Tyler Algier, Kendry Miller, Marvin Mims in round 12. I, you know, for obvious reasons, he's going to start moving up. Uh, I believe he will be around eight or nine pick uh, within three days. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the back part of your draft where you took some upside tight end shots. But real strong draft is always Mark Stopa. Any regrets or now that you have the power of hindsight or mistakes that you think you made just in picks and, again, power of hindsight here, what would you point to as like, oof, I wish I could do that part over? The, the, the one part of my team that I don't like is that I have naked Josh Allen. In a format like this... Explain what that means, by the way. N- naked Josh Allen is, is not what some women might like. Um, if that <laughs> is when I have Allen and I do not have any of his passing weapons paired with him. I don't have Stefan Diggs. I don't have Gabe Davis. I don't have Dalton Kincaid. I, I, in a format like this, if Allen has the type of season that it takes to win $250,000, there's a good chance he brings one of his, those targets with him. Now, I, what cuts against that as a little is that Allen could get there by rushing. 
Um, so he does have, he, so in theory, could do it on his own. But I, I really wanted Dalton Kincaid. I, obviously, I knew I wasn't going to get Diggs because he went before before me. Um, but I knew I wasn't. Gonna, I knew I wasn't going to get Diggs, and I missed Dalton Kincaid. That's the one thing about this where I would have loved to get Dalton Kincaid in round ten. So the, the teammate took Kincaid well before ADP. That's the one part about this that has me pulling out my hair because I really like the team otherwise. Yeah, uh, we had someone in the chat ask us about because you're talking about like. QB punt and stuff like that, um, or naked QB. Uh, and we had talked about uh, Team Six, Dalton's team, about Anthony Richardson and Tua. And you could rewind it if you haven't heard that one, and it'll be time stamped for anyone listening. Uh, we we love that play. We don't think of that as a punt. We think of that as like probably the best non uh, elite tier QB pairing that you could have. Um, all right, moving on. So naked Josh you do have Dawson Knox but you know in all honesty you'll never know what your best games with Dawson Knox will be on the bench I mean you know that's a kind of a figure of speech you're never going to know when to start Dawson Knox uh he'll probably if he has one or two bad games be one of your first drops you got him late um do you feel differently about that or does that make sense given you know that you do have some tight ends that I like a lot in Jake Ferguson and Luke Musgrave Knox needs an, an injury to Kincaid to be startable in a, in a format like this. So, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Um, I would never call like last round picks, um, you know, mistakes, you know, and that's what we're focused on Stopa, but, uh, you took Isaiah Spiller. Why are you confident that he's going to be the running back behind Austin Eckler versus Josh Kelly? Who's a little bit more of the veteran. 
You know, I, I'm not. I, 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 in fact, I think there's a fair chance that Kelly wins it. You know, I listened to an Austin Eckler interview that he does uh, Eckler's Edge, and and I listened to him talk about this, and he actually just the other day characterized Kelly as a bub spiller, but he characterized it as neck and neck, and I guess I perceived that Spiller has more upside if he does win the job, because we kind of know who Kelly is at this point, because he's been around longer, but Spiller's only played one, the one year last year, and he is very young. I want to say he's still only 21 years old, so I just perceived as a last-round dart that Spiller had more upside and you know he's he could very well be somebody that I cut but that's why I did that cool all right moving on to some of the other teams here I want to talk about team 10 that was our guy Brandon Adam who was in the chat with us uh yesterday I thought he's a he's a very good drafter uh I really do like his structure he uh he has his guys and uh, we're going to talk about his team but first everybody I just want to tell you very quickly about uh, fantasy sports knockout think you know fantasy prove it introducing fantasy sports knockout a fantasy league where every week's lineup matters all season long fantasy sports knockout is the only league where skills are tested and strategy pays off stop losing and start surviving learn more at survive.fantasysportsknockout.com slash rotowire i'm going to say that again survive dot fantasy sports knockout dot com slash rotowire all the links are in the video description below hey everyone if you like uh draft board reviews like this uh consider hitting the like button subscribe to the rotowire youtube channel and uh that lets us know that you want more draft board reviews and draft strategy conversation i'm alan soslowski of rotowire.com you could follow me at alan soslowski i'm here with mark stopa you follow him as i do at mark stopa mark I want to talk about Team 10, which is up on the draft board right now. And if you are listening on the podcast, we've put a link to the draft board for you to check it out. Um, my guy, Brandon Adam, takes Amon Ross St. Brown in round one, who, again, has been another controversial first-round pick. Uh, I like it. We'll, we'll get into that. Takes Tony Pollard in round two. T. Higgins in round three. Justin Herbert, four. Terry McLaurin, I think this is the, the area of the draft where we're going to point to as a mistake, given that Terry McLaurin's injury. Uh, comes back with Alvin Kamara, Dallas Goddard, Elijah Moore. Uh, two rookie running backs in round 9 and 10 in Zach Charbonnet and Devon Achain. Odell Beckham, Daniel Jones to back up Herbert. Uh, and we'll get into the later part of the draft if we have time. Draft mistake, Terry McLaurin, beginning of round 5 when Jahan Dotson was still on the board. Is that anchoring to a little bit of the ADP? Where do you believe that Terry McLaurin is? Um, I would still take him. I just was hoping to get him at a better value than that he went in the middle of the beginning of round five. Yeah, I, I think that was about a round too early for McLaurin. I think that Dotson should be drafted before McLaurin at this point. I think even before McLaurin's injury, it was probably close. 40 percent that that Dotson was going to outscore him. And now that McLaurin has not just an injury but turf toe, and first they said it was really minor, but then they're like, "Well, we're not sure about week one." Turf toe injuries tend to linger, and just like I was saying before, you don't want to start out with injured players if you can avoid it. If he had fallen more, like into the sixth round, okay. But I, I didn't. Th I didn't like that pick there, uh, uh, especially when Dotson went well after that. All right. So structurally, anything else there? Alvin Kamara with the three-game suspension, he gets him in the end of round six. Um, what do you What do you think fantasy drafters should do? Where is the mistake spot to take Kamara, and where is the right spot? I mean, I, I don't mind the value here after three games. He'll be fresh, Kamara, when everyone else is a little dinged up. Um, 
Alvin Kamara, I, draft mistake? I, I don't like Kamara there. That was actually one of the things I would change here. If you look at his team structurally, in terms of position allocation, it's okay. But he has a naked Justin Herbert. I would have used his sixth-round pick for uh, Quentin Johnston so that he it's has— It's a little early, though. In all fairness, it, it, that's it, a little— It is, but— Addison went the very next pick, you know, are we really, you know, is there, how do we know there's really that much of a difference between those two? You're throwing your hands in the air. Exactly. So, you know, that's what I would have done if you're going to, if you, because I don't like a naked quarterback who doesn't really have rushing upside. So that to me would have been a better build for him. And plus I'm not in a rush to take Kamara because of where he is on the, on the age scale with running backs, you know, there's a decent chance he's already hit the cliff. So I'm not taking Kamara in my leagues. What happens though, right? Because if you look in hindsight, what happens is on the next go round, um, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Akers, Swift, James Conner, all available. Those are all, you know, a lot of same when you add in the three extra games that they're going to start with. Uh, but I, I thought that Brandon had a really strong draft here. Uh, the other, the other piece that you were you were talking about um, with with Addison versus Johnson. The reason I prefer. Uh, Addison, and I know you weren't saying, hey, one over the other. You were just talking about contextually is that I think that it's reasonable to project that in the first couple weeks of the season, Addison should be able to establish himself as the wide receiver too. Now, what that means, we don't know. Whereas Quinton Johnston, I mean, there's two alpha dogs on that team. He is clearly, at best, the third passing uh, option. And when you factor in Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler's pass-catching ability— Johnston could stall out very early and not be useful to you. So, again, I see the upside and the structure you're talking about, but I think when you're talking about, like, what can actually happen here, that really is the determining line between those two rookies. Well, I agree with that, except I'd note what you just made was a floor argument for Addison versus Johnston. Mm. And in this, I'm looking more at ceiling and – You know, I think in terms of even if you characterize Johnston as a wide receiver three on his own team, he's behind two guys who are very injury prone. Keenan Allen is up there in age. Uh, um, Williams, you know, he seems to get hurt every week. Uh, You know, he leaps up for passes and he hurts his back every week, it feels like. So, you know, it's not hard for me to see a scenario where Johnston in the latter half of the year, including in the prize money weeks for a league like this, is the Chargers wide receiver one. And especially if you've got Herbert, to me, that's a roll of the dice that's worth worth taking. Stopa, if you're looking for a place to play head-to-head fantasy football games without huge tournaments or salary caps like this one or complicated game types, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play NFL this season from a twist on the classic game of Fantasy Bingo where players generate a lineup of complete achievements and bingo. It's head-to-head fantasy challenges where you pick one of two players who will score more points This is the best of fantasy sports. In 2023 NFL season, Rival Fantasy is offering new users, listen to this one, Mark, $200 deposit match plus $25 of free play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident that you're going to love the experience. They're giving you money to play out of the gate. Experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. I mean, if they're giving you $25 to play, I mean... Come on, there's no reason not to try it. There's links in the video description below. I love Rival Fantasy. All right, we're talking about uh, big mistakes that drafters make. Uh, Let's go over to my team, all right? So uh, 
I'm going to start with uh, some excuses before we get into my team. Okay, Stopa? <laughs> Already making excuses, huh? Oh, yeah. No, totally. I'm Mr. Caveat and Excuse. So um, I'm hosting the draft last night. No excuse, but I am hosting the draft, trying to make sure everything goes smooth here. So I, I already have identified a few mistakes I've made that I know I would have. And also, I was uh, about two or three Jack and Cokes deep, having a good time. So um, don't drink. Uh, here you go. Draft mistake. If it's a serious draft, don't drink and draft. Okay, there, there's your first, there's another mistake, uh, which, by the way, I will not listen to my own advice. I'm going to be doing some best ball drafts later this week and purposely getting intoxicated beforehand. I'm sorry if that's a bad thing, but just I want to see if, if the I want to win a draft that's live streamed like the, the the best ball where I'm basically tanked and just prove to everyone that it's, you know, it's it's complete random luck. Um, that's my goal. Win the three million while drunk. All right. Anyway, uh, I uh, pick eleven. I had, and remember, this is third round reversal, everybody. So I knew that I wanted to start wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, I was torn between Garrett Wilson and AJ Brown. I thought maybe I took AJ Brown ultimately. I thought uh, that I was thinking about the the pairing with Jalen Hurts. I thought he might come back to me. He went one pick before me in round three. Okay, though, I knew that was a possibility. I never get surprised in these drafts, though, but because I I've seen it all, you know. Uh, I take Chris Olave ahead of ADP, ahead of Devontae Adams, ahead of Jalen Waddle because we were on, we were talking to some beat writers on our SiriusXM show, and they just said that Chris Olave, by their observations, is ready to go like nuclear on the league, and that by this time next year we will be talking about him in the Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Call it narrative, but. I am i can't ignore that when these guys are sitting there watching him every day. And and by the way, if I'm wrong on this pick, um, Stopa, if Olave at pick 2.2, it's not going to be that wrong. It's going to be a soft landing if Olave, if I'm wrong about the nuclear upside. In round three, we already talked about, I took Josh Jacobs. Um, end of round four, I thought that was a value on Ramondre Stevenson. But here's where I thought my first mistake, and then I'll turn it over to you, Mark Stopa, is that I wanted Darren Waller there. All right. And I wanted Justin Fields. I was thinking about that, but I was willing to let go of Fields. I was thinking about taking Waller because I thought that uh, my guy, Theo Greminger, who didn't have a running back, was going to take Stevenson. He later revealed to me that I'm an idiot, that he wasn't thinking about Stevenson. So I let Waller go, played the ADP game, and got burnt. So. Uh, I'll just my the rest of my draft there round five fields I took Jordan Addison in uh, round six Kyle Pitts I thought in round seven was worth the gamble Sky Moore not happy to take him but what if right Jamal Williams is a first three week play Jacoby Myers I think is a little undervalued I get him in round ten as a PPR player Pat Frymouth second tight end but was the best player on the board and then so on and so forth all right let me have it Mark Stopa where did I go wrong. I mean, I think your structure is just fine. I, you know, I don't like, we've talked about the naked quarterback. You have fields without anybody else. Well, DJ Moore went a round and a half more earlier. I, my plan was DJ Moore. So my plan was foiled. I thought for sure I was going to get right. But you know what you're saying is that once Moore was off the board, stay away from fields. But if there is if there is a quarterback to take naked, isn't it fields? Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier, he can make up for the lack of a stack on his own with the rushing upside. So, you know, I don't think it, that naked is terrible there. You know, you could argue, I could argue some of these other guys are values. I do think you had good values on Stevenson, Pitts, and Friermuth. You could argue Addison versus, say, Flowers two rounds later. Like, what's really the difference between those two? Uh, um, Sky Moore is a little a little rich 
for me there. I, I don't like Jamal Williams in that spot. Who the hell likes Jamal Williams? You know, yeah. but again, I I had just gotten off that phone with that beat writer. I mean, when I say phone, he was he called into the Sirius XM show. By the way, our Sirius XM show, just a quick plug if anyone wants to hear myself and Jim Coventry every Sunday in August, 1 to 3 p.m. on Sirius XM Channel 87. But during the season, Mark Stoper, we're going gonna to be doing 7 a.m.s on Sunday, which I love because when the house is quiet, you wake up with a cup of coffee, you can turn us on. Now, if you wake up a little later on Sunday, just rewind the app, and we're going to get you updated on all the injury stuff. And he was saying, he goes, yeah, Kendra Miller's nice, but the team is is going to use Jamal Williams, how they used Mark Ingram, plus. They love everything he does. He's going to have a fast start. And then also, they, that role, he's going to be one of the surprise players in fantasy. Again, not surprising to us, but he'll probably deliver like fifth-round value. Uh, throughout the season, so it's a horrible pick. I hated making it, but that persuaded me. I have to have to admit. And, and if I were to criticize anything other, you know, there's some a bunch of little things that I just kind of personally disagree with. Like, go go. I, I like Jeff Wilson over Mostert, given the age issues. So I would have taken Wilson before Mostert. Um, if you take the early quarterback like Fields, then I. I like waiting longer to get the second quarterback. Now that's a mild criticism because I do think Gino was a good value. I just think that it's better. Like you notice when I took, I took Allen and then I didn't take a quarter, another quarterback till the yeah. very end. I think that's the right way to do it. And I, and by to- the way, Stopa, I agree with you, but when you're done, I have, um, I have uh, the argument as to why, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, and and I I I mean it's tough because I like Gino and think he has upside, but having two quarterbacks isn't like that is an allocation of resources that you could apply differently. You could say the same about the tight ends, where you have Pitts and Fryermuth, but then even when we were alive, I thought Fryermuth was the best player on the board, but then you're allocating resources there, so I'd say you're maybe a little light in depth that the wide receiver and running back spots because of that. And when the inevitable injuries happen, you might have some issues with that, but I think structurally it was fine. And, you know, I, I, it's all a function of, you know, did we pick the right players or not? Right. Right. So I want to, this is a big mistake that a lot of drafters make, and I want you to turn up the volume. If you're listening in your headphones or you're listening on your laptop right now, because this is important. Let's talk about one quarterback leagues where people take two quarterbacks. You really need to know your league. Now, in a 16-round contained league, and what I mean by that is a home league where there's only 12 teams and there's 16 rounds. Now, we've talked about that this draft is there's an overall component. The waiver wire is a little more barren because it's 20 rounds, Mark Stopa, but we don't want you to take more than one quarterback. Even if you're taking Anthony Richardson, who we spoke about before, there's Derek Carr is going to be on the waiver wire. Um, So someone's going to drop in a five bench league. Someone takes two as their second quarterback. They're going to have to drop them to pick up the high uh, upside uh, running back. You don't have the space. Obviously, in this one, you do. Now, the reason I specifically took Geno Smith at that point, if you look at the players that went after uh, Geno, I didn't really like them. And Justin Fields, as much as I love Fields, he he's a running quarterback. What do we know about running quarterbacks? They open themselves up to injury. I like my team enough where I don't want to have to wave the white flag if if Justin Fields is going to miss three weeks. I think Geno is a top 12 upside quarterback, and I feel like I really won't miss much. I didn't just want like, 
you know, as much as I like Jordan Love or uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the other quarterbacks that go that late, I wanted someone who I can confidently put in and not have to fight on the waiver wire for it. Now, you, there is an opportunity cost of taking two quarterbacks in a single quarterback league, and you just highlighted it perfectly. You're giving up some depth at the other positions. I don't mind Mark Stopa taking... Uh, giving up depth at the running back position because what do we know about the waiver wire and running backs? We're, they're going to become available, and if you're aggressive, you can get them. There's players that you haven't even thought of right now that we never even talked about all summer long that are going to be available on waivers in week one. Not so much for the wide receiver position. Totally agree. Very totally good. Agree. Very good analysis by you there. Uh, I, very in-depth on that one. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on, so I need not belabor the point. You, you know what? You see, I have to admit, you're a good podcast partner because you're efficient and you're not just d- circling back. I mean, there's, you and I listen to more fantasy football podcasts than anybody I know. I, I think there you were just shocked that I actually thought you were right about something that you didn't know how to <laughs> react when I just said exactly. Yes, no, no, I'm, I'm never shy. I listen, I, I'm okay with being wrong about these things. I think that's where um, a lot of, like, quote, experienced fantasy players and, and content creators get um, tripped up is they're so uh, they 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 don't like being called nobody likes being called out but it's okay it's fantasy football I mean we want to take our craft seriously I mean I, I posted a video on uh, on one of our vertical platforms and it went uh, viral for us it got like two hundred thousand views it was like eight thousand comments. And it was a Deontay Johnson take. And I would say that 97% of the comments are calling me an idiot. Um, they're making fun of me. They're calling me a, a bald a-hole. Like, I love it, man. I I, I do not mind people taking personal shots at me. Uh, it, it To me, it's why I go, thank you for the comment, right? Like, it's more engagement. But I just, again, I, I think that people yelling at each other, it's funny online because People get too excited about it sometimes, especially like when we're wrong on a player. None of us know. Here's the big secret about fantasy football. Experts know strategy and things, but they don't know player takes better than you. They don't know if Damian Pierce is going to be the RB1 or the RB20. We think we know, but we don't. Isn't that the big secret about fantasy football experts? Yeah, you notice we are not spending much time talking about which players are good or going to be good. This is more about, you know, structure, taking the right, taking the right allocation of positions, pairing a quarterback with a receiver, pairing a quarterback with a tight end on his own team, that type of stuff. And so when I prepared for this kind of to talk about what teams did wrong, that was the kind of thing that I'm looking at. Like I look at team one, for example, to try to talk about all the teams, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson, I, I like that at, at 3.12. But then that owner had multiple chances to pair Jackson with some with somebody on his own team. Could have taken Andrews at four point one. That would have been very reasonable. That was it. you just nailed it right there. Like Andrews is like he's not a comfortable pick in round two, but when you get him on the three four turn with Jackson, that's the smash. Yeah. Or or if you did if you don't like Andrews, okay, then you got to get Zay Flowers or Bateman later, and, and then that owner didn't do it, and you wind up with a naked Lamar. I mean, if Lamar is the is the answer to the $250,000 question, then one of those three guys is going to be part of the answer with them. And to to have him alone, you know, I just I don't get that. And that's not about liking Lamar or not or liking those other guys or not. It's if Lamar works, draft as if you're right, if he's the answer, one of those other guys should have been on your team too. So and that's the type of stuff I looked at preparing for. 
for this. Yes, and like you said, we want to hit on every team quickly, so we'll just do a quick analysis uh, across some of the teams that we haven't hit yet. And Team 1, who you just referred to, took Justin Jefferson at the 1.1. I think we can all agree there is a great pick at the 1.1. Derrick Henry's been falling to the end of the second round. If you're going to take an anchor running back, I'm willing to bet on the big dog one more time uh, until I see him decline. I know you always want to be a year early rather than a year late. I'd rather be a year late. I, I want to take one more shot on a player like that. Now, it's third round reversal. So the, the order goes back to the beginning of the third round. So at the end of the th- third round, you just identified that team one, team Tracy takes uh, Jackson, Joe Mixon, who great value there. If you're not going to take the pairing, if, you know, that, that's a good, uh, good spot. Chris Godwin uh, goes the end of round five. It's, you know, there's there's Godwin people and there are not. I mean, I think it's a bet on Baker Mayfield, so we shall see what could go wrong there, right, Mark Stopa? 6-7, he takes uh, Rashad White, James Conner. JSN in round eight. Where are you at on JSN? Are you going to tell people that taking Jackson Smith and Jigba with the latest injury, not specifically this team, it's a decent value, but is that a mistake right now? I was already a little goosey on him, being that he was a rookie, but the preseason's been kind to him other than that injury. I mean, I think that that looks better than Judy does two rounds earlier. I, I think that's okay. I would have waited longer there because I think the likely scenario with him at this point is to miss the first four weeks, uh, maybe even go on PUP because Seattle has the week five bye, and then he'll be back for week six. But I do think as we look at that, Team One made a structural mistake there, taking too many running backs earlier. I think the mistake was James Conner in round seven. That should have been Flowers because they're thin at receiver, especially with JNN, JSN having injury questions. And, and so I think Flowers should have been their pick in, in round seven to pair him with Jackson and not be so thin at receiver. Yep. And then give us one thing that you liked great about Team 1 before we move on for the other two, finally. I mean, the, the Jefferson-Jackson combination, you know, that that's, a, that's terrific. They can both be number one overall at their position. Love that. Okay. Uh, the other teams that we didn't have, we, we talked about uh, Ferrara a little bit. Team 7, who goes Diggs and Adams. ETN, uh, Najee Harris, love that structure. Comes back and takes Ayuk and then Kittle, David Montgomery, Michael Thomas, Kirk Cousins. This, to me, is like it's like boring drafting, but like this is a guy that's going to be, you look up, wow, this guy's 7-1, and one, he's 6-1. and one. This is, These are the boring picks that, that may not have like that super upside, but man, do they have uh, to win the league type of upside. I, I, I generally agree with that. I, I thought in my criticism on this team that it has a naked Kirk Cousins who doesn't run and no other quarterback there. So I don't know that right. there's enough upside there to really get you to a 250000 prize. So that, that's, that's my concern with that team. Right. And so that's in line with what I said. Has like individual league upside to win, but not the overall yeah. prize. Would you say that's a fair criticism? I, I think that's very fair, yeah. All right, but he's still in line for the 1500 which, by the way, if you want to play in one of these NFFC drafts, go to playnffc.com and go play the Rotowire Online Championship. It's 350 bucks to get in, and then what happens is you can there's a $1,500 league prize, and then you get entered into the overall if you're one of the top two teams for the 250 k Go to playnffc.com. Not a sponsor. We just love this draft format. I want uh, to the- talk about Team 2 while, while, while we got a kind of between topics there. Okay. I thought this team had a pretty solid build starts three receivers, go three running backs, and then still, uh, you know, solid, solid every week quarterback. So Stopa, for those listening on the audio podcast, very quickly, team two, my boy, Nikki Simone, uh, was my old, um, uh, basketball coach in uh, high school. Uh, awesome dude. 
He's won some money in the NFFC before. Experienced drafter takes Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, a little ahead of ADP, although that's kind of in line now. Comes back with Amari Cooper, one, two, three receivers, then takes Javante, Damian Pierce, J- uh, James Cook, then uh, Deshaun Watson, Pacheco, Romeo Dobbs, Samaje, Lazard. Okay, so I like the, the structure, three receivers, three running backs. I like pairing Watson with one of his top weapons. So that all looks good. I thought the mistake here was they waited to take a tight end until round 12 when they got Chig and then didn't take another tight end. To me, if Well, he got going, Jelani. He's got Jelani in, in round 19. Well, I, that barely counts to me, okay. okay? So that's why I kind of bypassed that. To me, if you when your weakest spot is going to be receiver as you are waiting till round 12, and I like Chig. You mean, you mean tight end? I mean, tight end, right. When your weakest spot is tight end and you're waiting till round 12 to take Chig, there were other upside options right after that that I thought that you should have come right back with because you want to give yourself more than one bullet at the position where you're the weakest. So if you're at the position you're the weakest, you want to try to make up for it with more volume to give yourself more chances. Like I, I tried to do this when I got... Irv Smith and then Jake Ferguson and Luke Musgrave back yep. to back to back. I thought that team too should have taken a second tight end earlier. Yeah, I agree with that there, that that would be a mistake. So, and Jake Ferguson, by the way, man, he's going to be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And we've seen what the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys can be. That's an every week fantasy starter. That's, that's not the guy who ends up tight end one, but he's the guy who ends up tight end eight and gives you a nine to 14 points every week. And so I think that's, a, that's someone that I want everyone to keep on. It's player specific here. If you were going to wait or take a, a, a double digit round tight end, come back and get Ferguson in the, in the 14th ish round. I think that's a good play there. Uh, moving along. Good, good job overall though, by Nick Simone man um awesome awesome player awesome dude uh let's talk about theo our friend theo greminger picked out the 12 spot he um by the way for those who don't know theo greminger you could follow him at the og fantasy he is a he's a high stakes player i would call him a professional fantasy player at this point does a ton of drafts he's won money in the nffc and the ffpc uh take cd lamb garrett wilson jalen hurts darren waller we talked about how i got snake there Still goes three more uh, receivers with Drake London, Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton. Then just goes on a six, uh, a, a six running back bonanza, taking both the uh, I almost said it, both the Washington Commanders uh, running backs with Gibson, Ro- uh, Brian Robinson comes back with Tank Bigsby. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, Zamir White. Ah, oh, man, I wish I had Zamir because of my Josh Jacobs. Takes Jeff Wilson. You praised him for that, uh, and then some other players down the line. Great draft, but. Where did Theo make a mistake, Stopa? Well, this is a zero RB build. So, you know, you either like a zero RB build or you don't. I'd say, if I, and it's nitpicking because Theo's obviously such a bright guy. I, a couple things jump out at me. One, you, you again have the naked quarterback. He took Hurts without any of his top weapons, which to me is an ideal, even though he can make up for it on the ground. I don't like personally, I don't like taking Darren Waller that early in a format like this because all summer long he's been going in round six and seven. And if you're trying to win the $250,000 prize, you're competing against all those other teams that got that same player two or three rounds later. That's tough. You're immediately handicapped when you're doing that. I guess the argument, again, I generally agree with that. You don't want to take a player that's ADP has moved up three plus rounds or two and a half rounds, but the I guess the counter argument, if there is one, is that 
other guys are moving down and you're getting them or you're getting a unique build in a sense, right? Where you're taking a, a fourth round Darren Waller, but your your players in six and seven are going to be a little bit different structurally. And again, it's it's just trying to poke holes in that because you're, that philosophy is generally a good one to follow. But, you know, you're not going to have the same exact build. And you do need some uniqueness in a formula like this. Um, overall, though, just a Waller in a vacuum, if you're just in a home league, um, I have him as my tight end too, but you don't have to take him there. Obviously, injuries are a problem. Just, you know, the player himself, are you going to be bullish on Darren Waller? Because in a home league, he's going to go in round seven still, round six. I, I am not. The age and injury issues, you know, I tend to steer clear of receivers or tight ends once they get 30 plus. You know, I'd rather be out a year early than a year late the exactly the opposite of what you said before and so i haven't been on him from the beginning of the summer when he was a couple rounds later so i certainly haven't chased as his price has has gotten more expensive and maybe i'll be wrong there but you know history has has proven time and time again that that's that 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 is the right way to go yeah one other wrinkle in this league mark stopa anyone who beats me beats alan says lowskins league he's going to get a free uh, seasonal membership to rotowire.com. So in addition to uh, anyone who just wins money in this league, even, let's say I finish 12th for some reason, never happens that way. Um, 11 people in this league are going to get free rotowire subscription. So if you want to get, uh, go to the rotowire online championship and play against one of our analysts there, you can get a free rotowire subscription if you beat the analyst in addition to all the money. All right, you did it. We, we uh, covered everything here. You did a great job, Mark, breaking this down. Um, you could follow him as I do at Mark Stopa on Twitter. Always has some interesting takes. Uh, controversial figure in a sense where he has uh, good good reasoning that doesn't follow the consensus. That's why I enjoy him. I think that Mark, you do a great job of of, of the way you think, even though that we don't agree on a lot of these uh, issues or some of these issues. I always respect your opinion and fantasy football. You can follow me at Alan Sislowski and. We're going to be back next week with another uh, fantasy football podcast. We've got some really good guests lined up. Um, right now, Rotowire is giving away two days behind their paywall for free. So if you're looking for a fantasy football draft kit, go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. Here, let me put that up on the screen for those watching. Uh, there you go. And uh, you can go unlock our paywall for two days. Anything else uh, before we close out, Mark Stopa? Always enjoyed it, and I I look forward to beating you again. Eventually, I'm going to be the owner of Rotowire if I beat you frequently enough. <laughs> Very true. All right, everybody, we'll be back next week, and good good luck in your drafts. Come back into the comment section once you make your drafts, and let us know how you did. Put your monster teams in there. We love looking at those. We'll see everybody next week. Don't, 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 don't,